Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. I mentioned in my book that... Uh, Nobody ever, ever gave me any advice on 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 uh, technique or yeah. what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, it's and that that re- that really included uh, Chester Bennett and the rest rest of the so-called coaches around the place. Um, that nobody, apart from being a practice captain or practice captains, uh, nobody has really passed on any. Any of their knowledge, or 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 any of their um, oh, what's the word? Any My expertise, any sort advice, of if yeah. you like. Yeah, I, I found that extraordinary reading your book, Rick, and I was going to bring that up a little bit later. And you know, even now, as we said, there was you and I at that game down at West Torrens, and we, <laughs> ironically, you'd said to Hags, and then I said it to Hags two minutes later about where Drew's grip's gone wrong, and you. Do you come back and go, what in the hell? Where's the coaching? Yeah. At the moment, and still yeah. right back. And Ment- back mentorship. Th- but back then, I think too, and look, Ian was fantastic, but probably Ian, the one weakness about Ian was it was very much sink or swim. You were thrown in the deep end, and like you you and Hooksy did in terms of yeah. the your shield side in 75, 76, which we we're going to get to in a minute. You were very much thrown in, and well, you're the two kids, you get on with it, listen, learn. And that was about, it wasn't really mentorship. It was sort of, you watch, see what we do and get on with it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, the, you, know, there, you know, there wasn't any sitting down in a room and uh, and going through a, a game plan or, or anything like this. And uh, as, as I mentioned there, you know, there wasn't... Uh, they just what, and I just can't believe it that the support they've got these days compared with the support we had. Yeah, we had we had nobody uh, apart from. Oh yeah, but even even I was thinking of team managers. You know, we we used to travel just with the team only and a team manager. Uh, the team manager was supposed to be the sort of the. The semi coach, if you like, for the tour, but uh, and Hooks, Hooksy would have would have uh, testified to this that uh, you know none of us got any help mm. help at all. You, you just had to rely on on your own devices, your own talent, um, 
and 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 get on with it, you know. And it's just a just a big difference to what uh, what they've got today. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete once again, joined by Malcolm and um, mate Rick Darling. Part one was fantastic and uh, absolutely enjoyed. And part two, obviously, coming up later on today. Yeah, good man, Warwick Maxwell. Um, yeah, enjoyable chat. Probably a couple more cricket ones, hopefully, to come at the moment. Absolutely. Around the grounds. Today we're going to have a uh, quick look at the basketball. I did leave it on the uh, run sheet because it was pretty impressive, but we'll talk about that one a little bit later. Sturt's comings and goings for 2024 and the soccer. But as per usual, mate, we're going to kick off with the AFL uh, we'll kick off with Port Adelaide uh, this time round, starting off with Jason Horn francis Can he go to another level this year, or are we a year too early on it? No, nah, he'll go to another level this year. People's forgetting this is his first ever full pre-season. Um, no, he's pretty special. I've, I've you know, lucky enough to be at his debut for South against Nord, mm-hmm. and ironically, Fabian Francis was five metres away from me on the scoreboard, so I chatted to Fabian at various times during the game. And yes. I thought straight away, shit, I'd heard a bit about this kid behind and that, so I watched closely from there, and I rate him massively. I think Horn Francis, Butters um, and Rosie as a, as a trio, sky's the limit with those three, and that they're, they're Port's best chance to drag drag them, jump aboard the bus and follow us. Mm-hmm. Whether they're going to survive defence and all that, we've got to wait and see an attack. But in terms of midfield with those three, I think that's more explosive than any other side in the comp. It does sort of remind you a little bit of Brisbane back in the day with yeah, you know, the dynamic Black and, four, yeah, yeah, and um, and Voss and et cetera, Lappin and Ackermanis, yep. et cetera. Yep, um, I'm of the same boat. I think Jason Horn Francis is going to take it to another level this oh, yeah. year, but I reckon the following year, I reckon he's going to be even better again. So oh, no, he's pretty special. I really look forward to watching his uh, development, obviously, throughout this year. And like you said, it's amazing how pre-season can actually help oh. players uh, take that next step and being a full pre-season makes a world of difference. Yeah, no. All right, we move on to Adelaide. Uh, Dan Curtin was in pretty high demand during the draft period. Um, Cal Toomey on AFL.com.au uh, yeah. uh, put out a bit of a report on some of the inner workings of how trade nights sort of worked, and there were a lot of clubs that were actually after this young fella. So where do we see him fitting in Adelaide as far as do we see him playing in round one? Do well, we they could have him... chopped him up on trade night, and he could have gone to five different spots. He'd be on a pretty good wage for that. No, he'll play round one. Yeah. He'll play there. For what they've thrown in for him, and I'm re- realising defence is their is their weakness. Yep. I've got no doubt he'll play round one. Yep, I, I'm just excited by the Max Michelani and and Dan yeah. Curtin combination that could potentially, 
you know, hold that back line down for, for many, many years to come. I've got no doubt that Max will be a bit more attacking this year. He has gotten a, a, a really good leg, and we probably saw it more negating roles last year. I think he'll be the player for Adelaide who takes the next step. Okay. Very interesting observation there, especially with Max. But, uh, yeah, as I said, I just wanted to chuck in Dan Curtin because he was a very, no, very highly demanded player in the way that picks were being traded live on the night. Made it very, very interesting reading. The thing with Max is I just really rate him the way he took being dropped out of Nord's grand final side in 22, where a lot of guys would have spat the dummy, and he didn't. He was very involved before the game still and all that, mm-hmm. and that got a massive tick within football circles. Don't worry about that. Yep. You know, don't think Adelaide didn't hear all about that very quickly and that. And, yeah, he is the son of, the son of Jim Piano Michael, and we all know that, but he's an he's exceptional leader as a personality and yeah, I, well, he's forging I'll, his own career now and yeah, and he'll has, be in the leadership group yes. within a year or two. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I can see him progressing, you know, whether he ends up in the midfield or not, I think probably it's more likely to stay down back, mm-hmm. but I think he'll be the, the, the general mm-hmm. within time. Okay. Uh, obviously uh, we've sidetracked a little bit onto Max, yep. but, but Max impressive last year, obviously yep. first year player, Basically plays most uh, games. Oh, and they gave him the big roles. Yeah, too. and they weren't af- that they way. weren't afraid to do no, that. No, I just found it interesting that when it came to obviously the um, Rising Star Award, that he probably wasn't recognised as much as we all sort of thought. But he was leading Adelaide's best and fairest count after round five. I mean, that's a big tick from a club that's thrown a first year player yeah. into such an important role. Um, and I and I see Curtin sort of going in that same oh, sort of mould. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And as look, I said, I'm excited by it. I remember the game too against Brisbane here, where uh, Charlie Cameron kicked four on him, and the comment got made back afterwards. That's as good a game as I've ever seen by a defender on a small where a guy's end up kicking Kick four. Four. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we'll stick with the yep, AFL. Yep. Uh, we move on. Uh, AFL drugs controversy hits the AFL once again with Joel Smith named. Yeah, look, the name's been around for a while, but it's now more come the significance where it's cocaine in season. So Melbourne were hoping that he was going to get the three months and be over summer and then basically so it's a Mickey Mouse suspension. Yep, now he's looking at two years. Yeah, two-year minimum. So it's not looking like it's going to be that. I'd be very surprised if he has a kick and catch in 24. Fair call. Um what do we make of Melbourne at the moment? Obviously, you know, 12 months ago, Simon Goodwin was sort of dragged through the coals a little bit with some of his issues. We we do know a little bit about Clayton Oliver's issues as well. And now this, what does that do to a club stability? Because they have been pretty successful for the last three or four years and this could derail them massively. They've had a horrendous off-season, especially Oliver. And then this just gets thrown in the mix and now coming out where... They'd sort of dismissed it a little bit. With, hey, hang on. No, no. This is cocaine in season. Um, yeah, so look, you just don't know. They'd only need an injury or two gone and something like that. Changes the dynamic, yeah, and especially so with the Grundy obviously moving as well. So, yeah, so you just got to wait and see, but. It's, it's either going to galvanise them and it's going to be the world against yes, us, yes. or. They could bomb completely. That, that's why. So who that's, knows? That's why I sort of brought it up because, in some cases, it can be the 
the uh, galvanising part of uh, a, a club's structure for a year or gives them the big goal for the year, or it could uh, start to, to lead to tearing them apart. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll watch that one with interest, and I'm sure we're probably going to get an answer on that one fairly soon. Uh, just staying with uh, some of the Melbourne teams at the moment, I know we've like to talk about the Adelaide teams, but uh, Sam um, Mitchell uh, back in Australia yeah. on a gradual return to Hawthorne. So that's fantastic news for Sam there and wishing him the best in his recovery. And to finish us off on the AFL uh, in the men's program today, uh, Tasmania's entry in 2028 isn't quite rubber stamped just yet. They'd want to hurry up and get it rubber stamped because, yeah. as we know, these things can drag on and on and it then becomes another year delay and another year delay, you know. We heard a lot, we think back to a previous guest on our show where Tim Ginever made the point, Port were meant to be in 96 and that probably cost him a spot on the list. Yes. So there's things like that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be much delay and delay and the arguments over funding and, and all of a sudden, and, yeah. Yep, yep. And as we know with that, that's not quick stuff. No. Uh, and obviously they've got to get started on building the facility as well. Uh, yeah. I know that they've obviously got a couple of ovals that they could use potentially in the meantime, but yeah, you know, I fear for where this is heading if it does get delayed by one, two, three years. Um, yeah, will there it's be a changing a, of, of it's a fascinating bit to Tasmania as a place where the competitions are all sort of fight against each other, and it's a North and South Island. We tend to think of Tasmania as this little place, mm-hmm. this little cute place at the end of Australia where it's a hell of a lot bigger than that. Yep. And they need to be really united. And north and south don't tend to unite. It tends to be, you know, well, it's almost a, Catholic Protestant sort of stuff. Yes. You know, well, so. it's a classic case of Port and the Crows or yeah. Nord and Port yeah, or exactly. Port and Sturt and so on and yeah. so on or Frio and West Coast. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting watch, and I, like I said, I I fear for it being delayed any longer than maybe twelve months. Yeah, because uh, you know these things, like you said, don't happen overnight, especially with governments yeah. and funding and all that kind of jazz. And yeah, the way that uh, we're in a bit of a cost of living crisis at the moment, that money might get diverted elsewhere, and that yes. would be a real, real shame. So. Yep. Anyway, we'll watch that one with interest. All right, mate. We move on to the cricket. Uh, the third test ended up being quite entertaining in the end. Certainly had it all. Like, it you know, have it all. a couple of wickets in the first two overs. To, you know, they're two for four. Uh, we thought, geez, they could fall away here. Five for 90. They'll be all left 200. Australia will be in front of stumps. Boring. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. All of a sudden, Australia bowled badly. Pakistan batted well. Recovered a make 313. And then Australia in trouble. Then the partnership. Yes. Kerry gets out just before tea. Yep. Good ball. Probably Kez could have been a bit further forward, but mm-hmm. and that. Hey, you don't mind getting out by good balls. I mean, yeah. we've talked about Alex Carey and wanting him to go on. He's, he's, he's had a couple of reasonable balls this series. But I was going to say, in you Perth, get... he got a good one in there. So, and anyway, but Australia then collapsed after that, and you think, geez, Pakistan here, they've only got a bat reasonably well, and 200, 250 is going to be. And hard score to get, and the way the pitch was starting yeah. to act up a little bit, you thought, "Geez, you know they've they're going to get the best of the conditions of what's left yes, in the exactly. test, if that makes sense." And then all of a sudden, another couple of early wickets, and then Travis Head gets uh, Bubba out. Bloody good catch by Carey too. People don't realise how hard a catch that is as mm-hmm. a keeper. 
I'm sitting there thinking, uh, Inglis, he ain't catching that, and, and that sort of thing. Um, That's an interesting dynamic. Let's pause on that for a second in that where does Kerry sit, obviously, when it comes to the test? They look like they're favouring him. But when it comes to the, the one days and maybe the T20s, they're favouring Inglis a little bit. How, how do you see that I out? I. The word is, and look, I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure I've got pretty reasonable mail, mail yep. is that originally Kerry was going to play in the World Cup. And then once uh, Labuschagne had success and came into the squad, where Labuschagne wasn't in, going to be in their original squad, yep. came in, they didn't want to play Smith, Labuschagne and Kerry. Well, Kerry's a slow starter, and he showed that in the World Cup in England where he had a great tournament. But he takes time to play himself in, and they mm-hmm. decided, right, now we're going to go the more explosive finish to the innings here with Inglis. Right. And they've ended up winning winning the World Cup. So it's almost, therefore, okay, we've got to keep going with Inglis here. Okay. Look, I've got no problem with Kez not being in the in the 2020 no, side. No, no. He wouldn't be in my 2020 side. Right. He'd be in my one-day side yes. still. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so moving on, uh, obviously Pakistan had Australia, uh, you know, in a reasonably yeah. good spot batting and, like you said, could have uh, put Dennis, on a big score. It was almost the old – the Australian side was almost like the old West Indian side where West Indies back in their dominant era was doesn't matter how many we make, we'll then just keep you to, to less. <laughs> and, uh, and it was. It was like that where Australia just blew the game – Wide open with Hazelwood wow. taking the three wickets in an over. His fifth over was unbelievable. I mean, you know, you talk about classic catches and, and great batting performances and great batting in, innings and some very, very good bowling performance, but that performance right there okay, was bit of, amazing. Bit of Mickey Mouse trivia too. First time in test history you had two test matches within a, a week where a bowler's taken three wickets in five balls without taking a hat-trick. At Mubata like, is also in South Africa. So a bit of, I like bit that of one. quick bit of trivia yes, there. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we don't have it on our run sheet, but we will talk about that one yeah, in, in you a know, second you for know sure. Me, I'm like, and we'll go to another one off the um, the big bash with yep. being stumped off a wide. Yes, the I diamond bought, duck. Yeah, I may have brought another one up with Flipper last night. He was quite impressed with the memory there. Very, very guest. Uh, yep, But so. Yes, Australia end up finishing the series three nil. Uh, I thought Pakistan were actually quite competitive. They I were. mean, really, it intended it, it out to be a very entertaining series. Well, it's a good series, and Pakistan could have easily, you know, they had their chances both Melbourne and Sydney. Not quite so much in Perth, but Perth was still a competitive Test match, and then they fell away. Yep. Where Marsh gets caught in that second innings in Melbourne. Yeah, they would have been five for 65 yeah, five, or yeah. something around about that. And so, you know, who knows what would have happened there. You, you can't say Kerry may, can't, may have walked out of bat at seven and made a ton. We don't yep. know that. Yep. But, geez, they had Australia under the Khyber. And, again, in Sydney they had their opportunities. And catching is a disease in Pakistan. The trouble is it ain't catching. Well, their, catch, their fielding not, was terrible. Not sure whether I've heard you say it or obviously some other commentators say it, but catches win matches, oh, well, and that or drop a, catches I, lose matches. Okay. I, I know think, it's a cliche. Yeah, I know it's a cliche. Oh, but geez, they they couldn't have caught the one hundred and six bus to paradise. Jeez, yeah, that was terrible. Anyway, all right, um, we'll move on. Obviously, Australia coming up against the West Indies. What are your thoughts on Steve Smith being promoted uh, to the top of the order? Is, is it the it, right move? 
This is very unusual for me. I'm actually on the fence okay. where I would have picked Bancroft, but I understand the want to get green in the side. Yep. Let's also remember green's success at shield level as a batsman has been at four. Mm-hmm. And he dominated the shield competition there for a while. Now I'm a bit worried. He then goes in with no mat, with nothing really very little cricket for the past month. But that seems to be the way now. Like well, Travis hadn't held the bat in the World Cup, goes over, smashes a hundred. Yep. Yep. Marsh in England hadn't played, comes in the test. So it seems to have less effect than what our traditionalist old bastards think. Um, but so, I think that's partly to do with the schedule. Oh, it is because there is so, so much cricket yeah, going yeah. on that and so get little time to play war. Yes. Games. So yeah. um, out of that. I would have picked Bancroft, but I understand the select is wanting to get green in the side. Yep. So that's where I'm on the well, Let's stick with that one for a second. Obviously, Australia had three or four choices there. Um, is Bancroft, I know they're saying it publicly, is he still being a little bit um, pigeonholed for the sandpaper gate? You do wonder. You, you, you have got to, to don't you? Yeah, this is, why, this is why. This is why makes It makes no sense that we send Warner out as a hero, almost, you know, this week, it's the publicity was probably a bit over the top, but that's the way the way of the world. Mm-hmm. Bancroft seems to have been banished. Look, you're told, go back, mate, runs. Now, he's dominated the Shield cricket the last two years. He is the key wicket in Shield cricket. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, playing WA, he looks so good. He's straighter than what he used to be. You know, he did have a weakness where he hit around his front pad. That's gone. I, I think he deserves another opportunity. I so. Did find uh, some stats the other day. I'll just find them now. Um, obviously, Australia did have a couple to choose from as far as, um, you know, these players that are going to be replacing the top order. Again, going back to the Steve Smith comment, is it really the long-term solution for the, well, for that's, the adult? that's the worry, and that's where Renshaw comes into the equation a bit more than Bancroft is four years, that they're also thinking, gee, Smith, Kawaj is obviously close to the end as well. So... Mm-hmm. You get it while they're okay. Let's let's pick Renshaw because he's four years younger. So I, I get that. Yep. But Bancroft at thirty one players play thirty six, thirty seven. Hussey did make his debut. Mike Hussey to laugh for the age of thirty. Yep. Um. So I, I think there at the moment Bancroft does seem to have been blacklisted. Absolutely. Well, I've got those names and uh, stats actually right here in front of me. You have got Cameron Green. Cameron Bancroft, Matt Renshaw, and Marcus Harris. Uh, uh, Green, obviously, leading the Sheffield Shield at 50, of an average of 57.84. Harris at 50.36, and Bancroft at 41.39. So some interesting little statistics there. And then, obviously, uh, in the tests, um, it's still Green and Renshaw uh, ahead of uh, Bancroft as well. So, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to uh, see play out. All right, let's move on to tennis, mate. Um we did say last week we were going to move this one up the batting order, and that's exactly what we've done. Nadal is out of the Australian Open. Yeah, disappointing. I think we're all hoping to see the one last hurrah, but it doesn't look that way. You'd, you'd say this will be it. Oh, um, I think this is probably the last time yeah. we're going to see him in Australia. Yeah. yeah, you'd say so, and so it's a bit disappointing. Um, but that's the way it, hey, you know, the body catches up. Father time has caught yep. up with him, and... Yep. I'm assuming he'll probably set himself now for probably the French Open. I don't know whether the grass on Wimbledon, if this is a hip injury and something like that. um, I think it's either it, it's either that's it, or maybe a farewell at the French. French, 
Yeah, yeah I think we might be there as well anyway. All right, Alex Dimina is on a bit of a tear at the moment. Uh, he'll face uh, one-time Wimbledon finalist Milos Raonic in the first round of the Australian Open. Not an easy first round draw. No, not an easy first yes. round. But let's think about it logically. This is a grand slam. You are always going to come up against some pretty good quality opposition. Yeah. No matter where you are in the draw, but uh, obviously Dimonar in the last couple of weeks has defeated uh, Djokovic at the United Cup um, and edging out uh, top 10 rivals Taylor Fritz and Alexander Zerev and upset Alcaraz in an exhibition match on Wednesday night. Yeah, and Djokovic carrying an injury before the Australian Open. Gee, who would have believed that? Mm, yes, yes, move on. I think we've had a few years where that has been yes. the case, so... More than, a, more than a hit of sarcasm uh, <laughs> on my behalf there. Maybe some ducks and drakes yes. as well. So, But, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see. And, obviously, with the Australian Open starting uh, in the next couple of weeks, we will be following that one very, very closely. Just to finish off, the Adelaide International, once again, a pretty good success. Unfortunately for um, Kokonakis, didn't quite yeah. pan out the way that he would have liked. But um, certainly great to see uh, some fantastic tennis at Memorial Drive. And he gets over a bit early, though, now, and you wonder whether that's so bad. Um, yeah, so wait and see. Yep. Preparation is key. All right, mate, we're going to take a very, very quick break when we come back. The uh, basketball, the SNFL, soccer, and Rick Darling, part two. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, mate, we continue on with the Adelaide 36ers. I don't know whether we should take a little bit of credit for this, but we did give them a fair uh, spray, I suppose, uh, on our last episode going, jeez, oh, you know, can't get any worse than what it is, playing the top team at home. And guess what? They have a huge win against Melbourne United. And then again last night against Sydney. They've <laughs> had a couple of – they've had a big week. Um, and what a night last night for South Australian sports. So you had the Strikers, mm-hmm. the Bite, and the um, – and the no, 36 the, the giant, all, uh, the Giants. Yeah, the, the Giants. Uh, giants yes. Sorry, yeah, no, giants. That's all, right. um, all winning last night. It was a bummer that the Reds were scheduled to play t- uh, Monday or Tuesday instead of last night. Yep. So, yeah, great night last night. Absolutely. Well done to a previous guest in uh, Jake Weatherall, the way he hit him last night. Must have been due to running into me on Sunday and catching up with me on Sunday, I reckon. Words of wisdom, yeah, mate. Yes. We, we, we'll listen in oh, anticipation for your next lot of words of wisdom. Yeah. Uh, the Adelaide 36 is playing the Can Taipans on Saturday with a chance to climb off the bottom of the yeah. table, which is... It's progression at least, and it's probably helping Scotty Ninnis' chance for getting the gig. So well, That was going to be my next yeah. guess, is that we've probably called for a review top to mm. bottom and... and I think a little bit of reward for effort. I mean, it's been a tough season and any win, especially a full crowd at the Adelaide Entertainment yeah. Centre, which we've talked about previously, yep. uh, against the top side, you, you're you doing things right if you're sitting bottom playing the top side and you've got a full crowd and then you end up getting a win. They did go back to their old uh, colours, yeah. which was very interesting. And I think Scotty Ninnis uh, obviously talked about that and very interesting that you do go back to state colours. It changes the mindset a little bit anyway. You always say, I reckon it probably unites the crowd as much as anything. So, yeah. Hey, it's always good to have that extra uh, crowd on yeah. your side. All right, mate, we move on to the SNFL. Like every week, we want to try and keep the SNFL in the uh, spotlight. Uh, Sturt's turn this week. Uh, Will Snelling uh, coming from Essendon. Flynn Perez from North Melbourne. Sam Centreforti. Con- Contreforti. Yeah, Contreforti. 
And yeah, look, Snelling's the big one. Uh, West Adelaide were very, very disappointed. They thought he was coming back to them. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that the Patrick Wilson well, confirmation after that, maybe the uh, offer got upped as a bit of up you is the word. Yep. Um, yeah, so. Uh, obviously, Sturt's goings. You did talk about Patrick Wilson there, but I think he's got family involved yes, front of house. West Adelaide, yes. Yeah, West Adelaide. Yeah. So, uh, totally understand that. Marty Frederick uh, off to Claremont and uh, the WFL. That's a big loss because he's run and carry at times. Yeah, pretty a bit of X, X factor there as well. Yeah. So, I totally agree with you there. Josh Wrench, yep. Wrench uh, off to Victoria. Yeah, I reckon that's a bit of a loss. He showed a bit of potential up forward. Um, so, yeah, that. I think they'd be a little disappointed to lose him. And uh, Locke Rawlinson to, to West, West Coast, Coast yeah. and Will Crane to Murray Bridge. Yeah, so interesting. Wait and see that mail is there could be a couple more added to the incomings there yep. as well. well. And as we've mentioned yeah. previously, we, we'll follow up on all of those extra ads yeah. uh, as we go on there. All right, mate, soccer, Adelaide United. Broke even against Wellington and MacArthur. I think that's actually a pretty good result. Yeah, a couple of games, though, they dominated the stats and didn't put them away, um, you know, in terms of... And I did see one goal Adelaide United missed where you and I might have scored that one. Okay. So that was a pretty big, uh, disappointing loss. So. Well, I like that you're yeah. pumping, pumping up our uh, abilities yeah. here, mate. That's very, very good. But um, no, I think against Wellington and MacArthur... Certainly, Wellington sitting top of the well, were sitting top of the table at the time, uh, is a pretty good result breaking even with them. But like you said, dominating possession and unfortunately not quite getting the results. Uh, Adelaide United playing Sydney uh, United at Alliance Stadium, seven thirty this Saturday, I believe it is. Yeah, they desperately need a win. Really need that three points. Yeah, seventh and eighth on the table. So really, at the end of the day, uh, this is a must-win game for them moving forward. Uh, to finish off on the soccer, Joe Gauchi, obviously, soccer yeah. duties at the moment. Hoping he gets a bit of a look in, but he's behind some pretty stiff competition. Yeah, they reckon he's he's a little bit of a chance for the number two gig behind Ryan. So, behind Matty Ryan. So, it's, um, oh, look, he's been very impressive for Adelaide United. And I'm just really glad that he's got a chance for the Socceroos. And you know, great for him and good for, good for the Reds, probably. You know, good one in the side as yep. well with a connection there. So um, good recognition for the Reds Absolutely. is probably the way. There's way another young it. goalkeeper coming through who I used to work with, uh, Ethan Cox, who uh, is an emerging talent obviously there. And if Gauchi does get poached somewhere, I think he's going to get an opportunity yeah. at some stage too. From all reports, a very, very good goalkeeper. We might even try and get him on the show at some stage as well. So we'll, yep. we'll follow that one up. All right, mate, uh, it's time for part two. Rick Darling, uh, absolutely looking forward to this part. Past players, past legends, past legends. Now, we do have to ask you one question here, Rick. Now, I've always been a believer as an, an opener. It helps if you're really good mates with the, with the, with your opening partner. And you yep. were with Graham Wood, yet the two of you were kamikaze and it was always virtually, <laughs> let's, let's have a bet which one of the two of them is going to get run, run out. out. Run out yep. Mind you, yeah. it seemed to be you more often than Graham. I will say that, that Rick, but you ne- the two of you for good mates never really mastered the uh, running between wickets as a pair, though. 
No, no. Um, still, still the best of mates. In fact, we probably text or, or call each other, you know, once every week, once every couple yeah. of weeks these days, particularly during the footy season, um, where we've got a, both got a bit to say. But uh, uh, yeah, running between wickets wasn't. Uh, <laughs> wasn't our strong suit, was it? But uh, no, it was uh, always entertaining. So, how, how does that come about, though? I mean, who's calling what? Because you can't oh, be running each other out that much. No, no, no. What what we've both agreed on is that, uh, um, say, if you're running for, I, I was, I was a bit quicker than Woody. Yes. All right. So if we, if I was coming back for the third, he was. He was just finishing the second, all right. So I'd, I'd come, I'd come back for the third, yep. and uh, and of course he wasn't ready to come back for the third, and so he he would send me back, or I would send him back, or then there'd be confusion, and yes. then all all things uh, hit the fan. So, uh, but yeah, there was a bit of a census taking uh, taken years ago where um, uh, where we worked out who who was responsible and who wasn't. Well, I was responsible for, for running out Woody twice and Woody was responsible for running him, him running me out six times. Yeah, so, that's what I thought. Uh, I, I thought um, it was roughly now that, now on that's, those lines. That's, that's not just in test matches. That's in uh, yeah, you know, first-class games you know, yeah. leading up to tests and whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, now, and Rick- it just it, it just it sort of – it does get up my nose a little bit that Melbourne Test. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. I was I made thirty five run out, yes. and and Woody Woody went on to make a hundred that day. And I don't think I was ever seeing the ball better than that day when I made thirty five run out. As I said, Woody made a hundred. His career kicked off. Yeah, uh, and my mine was uh, all over the place till. You know, until f- finally, finally they made the decision. So uh, it just annoys me that what could have happened. Yeah, Rick, I do want to do on this a, a serious side. Probably with the Test match where you were batting against England, where you were hit by Bob Willis. Right, I was sitting in the front row with Vi. I don't know if you remember Vi, regular at Shield games, who'd sit right by the players' race as you walk yeah. on the ground. So I was sitting with Vi. And my sister, who at that stage was studying med, is a doctor now, obviously, but um, she realised that you had swallowed your chewing gum and yes. actually got up to run on the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. As John Embry realised and and belted you on the back and then yes, Max, yes. Max O'Connell getting involved. That's right. And, that, and I don't think people realised that if Embry hadn't have done that, we may well not be talking to you now, and, <laughs> and that you know it was quiet. Yeah, I th- I don't think people realised how serious it was, and we've obviously had the tragedy of Phil Hughes, but how close you were as well. And thank yeah. goodness, you know, as my sister, my sister said, I don't know if I, it would have been quick enough with running out on the ground, but yeah, she, she actually did get up of her seat and was just pushing the. <laughs> yeah, yeah to the uh, red, gate, red coat, the yep. gate, uh, yeah, and that to yeah. run on when Ambry realised. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that was one of those weird things that uh, it just caught me. I'm not sure. It's uh, it's more more the sternum than the heart, but it yeah. was the the heart that sort of 
um, was the problem in the end. And and and, and yeah, so I was lucky. I had good good help out there, and obviously good help that was was ready to come on onto the ground. But uh, you know, that's one thing that um, that didn't cause any long term effects. Um, uh, the, at the end of the day, they didn't find too much wrong. Yeah. Um, but uh, and it's it's happened again in the last or oh, last twelve months. I had a had a heart attack three years ago. Yeah. And uh, and I, only over the last twelve months, I had a bit of a, a turn again. Um, I went to hospital and they sort of found nothing wrong, you know, or nothing wrong. But that's uh, uh, apart from. Um, I don't know how they say it, but uh, uh, yes, it's one of these things that happen that uh, there's no explanation for. Wow! And then, of course, you, you know, you played. Then after that England tour, there was the Pakistan's uh, side, and you you actually came back in the side to replace uh, Graham at one stage, and you seventy nine for South Australia. Always consider, always to people to. Rick was a gun field, gun cover fielder, and it was always worth twenty to thirty runs in that regard. Um, did World Series cricket nearly happen for you at one stage or not, Rick? That seems to be a bit of a debatable point that whether you would nearly ended up there or or not. Uh, yes, it, it, I was very close to it actually. The um, uh, what happened was that uh, uh, it was. It wasn't Kerry Packer who rang, but it was obviously one of his managers, whatever, rang Clacker Clark, who was who was the uh, club coach at the time. Yep. In in those days, um, it was etiquette, if you like, for uh, if somebody wanted to talk to a player, they'd go through the, the, the club coach, which in this case they did. Clacker then... Then rung me uh, and says, "Well, you know, just just prepare yourself. You're going to get a call from such and such from the, the Packer mob." So, um, so you know, I was quite excited about the prospects of that, but uh, uh, unfortunately for me, uh, or fortunately, depending which way you look at it, uh, the call never came. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. In answering your question, yeah, I was, I was a hair's breadth away if you. If uh, if I can say that, and uh, yeah, very close. Now, did you have any superstitions when it came to playing cricket? Was the you know favourite pair of jocks or uh, any type of idiosyncrasies that uh, um, kept you going? Yeah. Oh, look, not offhand. You know, most of us players have got little things that uh, you know. And I'm not saying I did this. You put your left pad on first, or yeah. or you have your favourite set of gloves, yeah. or You'd go through a routine or something before you go out and bat, but uh, um, I, I think in those early days, particularly particularly when uh, Mallet and Jenner and and these blokes were around, uh, the, the preparation to a game or preparation before you go out and bat was sit back <laughs> and have a cup of tea and a cigarette. Yeah, you know, yeah. so and and that had a lot of merit, particularly for me because I. I didn't want to go out and exhaust myself in the pre-net warm-up or, or do any of the stuff they do these days. I wanted to relax. Uh, and as I said, you know, if I follow the suit of TJ and, and Rowdy, have, have a cup of tea and a cigarette. And, 
I found that more relaxing than anything else. Or, sorry, you're talking about superstitions. That was that was probably my superstition to uh, go through that routine. We'll, we'll, we'll have them. A couple of characters there yeah. anyway, too. Yeah, lucky enough to do yeah. a fair bit of few coaching clinics oh. with both of them and, yeah, a couple of incredible was characters. It, was it just a cup of tea or was it maybe spiked a little oh, bit? Later on in the night it would have been with those <laughs> two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially with TJ. Yeah, things didn't, things didn't really change until the, uh, until, until the end of the day when the cup of tea would change to something a bit yes, more yes. Uh, bit more hard. Uh, in those days you could have virtually as much as you like, which is, which is stupid. Yeah. Um, but you know that was the culture back then. Oh, so different time. Um, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't leave the rooms until eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. You yeah. know, so. Uh, um, and then yeah, we all yeah. drive. And then we all drive home too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's on. right. So yes. it was a. It, 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 and having said that, you know, um, Mallet and, and Jenna and uh, uh, a few others in the team weren't weren't really good mentors, if you like, in the, in that area, um, even though you sort of looked up to them and tried to copy what what they did, you know, it, um, you know, it wasn't obviously, as we know now, smoking's no good for you, yeah. drinking's no good for you, but yeah. that's what you did back then. And, uh, you know, whether you were 35 or 17, like, oh, well, I, I shouldn't say that I was 17 because I was too young to drink, but... Uh, um, I, I I had a coke until I was eighteen. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah. I think the uh, yeah. statute of limitations are well yeah. and truly over by now. Yeah. Pretty safe. And then the Indian tour, Rick. So you you also had a, some illness on that tour, and yeah, let's be honest. If you didn't go to India and get crook, you probably weren't doing your job there either. Yeah, so, belly belly. Yeah. So you didn't really have much luck there, Rick. No, 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 no. Which sorry, which which tour are you talking the tour about? Of, the... Tour of India in '79. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, now what happened? Ah, oh, that was after the World yeah, Cup. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I had. Not only I had sickness; every, everybody had sickness. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, uh, I think I missed. I think I may have missed the first test because of, yes. of sickness. Yeah, uh, yep. Um, but then, then I was. Oh, and after that, I I got a few injuries for this and that, but. Um, if you go to India, it's very hard to avoid uh, the Delhi belly or or coming down with something. So, um, yeah, I, I, I missed I missed the first game, which probably put me on the back foot a little bit to try and establish myself again because um, Hilditch was there, uh, Wood was there, yeah. and so they had options, you know. And you got sconed by a couple dev bouncer, which didn't probably help. Either too, so yeah, that was. I think that was in the last test yes. in Bombay. Yeah. I yep. might, might be wrong with that. Yep. So, yeah, I think that was at the end of the tour. So, um, that didn't have any bearing on my selection or fitness, you know, throughout the tour, if you like. And that would have been back in the days where there weren't any helmets either. Well, that's right. You know, but um, uh, well, I did get, as you said, I did get sconed by Capel Def in. Um, in Bombay, uh, no helmet. Uh, I think I ended up getting four or five stitches in the yeah. head. Yep. Um, but uh, it was quite quite a funny thing. I was, you know, off to hospital. I'm not sure it was an ambulance or whatever, but um, the doctor said that uh, when I got there, 
he knew that I was a cricketer and he said, look, I'm not going to stitch you up till I, till you give me an autograph. <laughs> so, <Fair> uh, <laughs> so I quickly signed the autograph or whatever he want me to autograph and, uh, whatever. But, uh, you, you can imagine a, a, um, a Bombay hospital, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, it, uh, it wasn't the cleanest of spots, oh. but, uh, uh, anyhow, I th- I thought I was getting good care, and uh, um, yeah, no, it was a, quite an experience. So you're a bit unlucky too, then. So obviously, World Series cricket finished up. So all of a sudden, a hell of a lot more players were back in the equation, were making the Test side. So yeah, you started off the year well in '79. You made 88 against the West Indies here, uh, and that, and you realised that you had to open if you were going to play Test cricket because there were so many middle order players. Ian and Greg back around, Doug Walters, etc. So the Peter Tui and Yallop. So I had to open. Um, so you sort of your career followed along those lines, really, where caught between the rock and the hard sea, where you know where you should have batted, etc. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it didn't matter, you know, where you wanted to bat. It's it's where it's where they selected you to bat. You know, it was, um, you know, it wasn't up to me, even though I would have loved to bat middle order, it wasn't up to me to to do that or have any say in the matter for that matter. Um, They they were, they saw me because I had reasonable success, if you like, being an opener, you know, that's where they wanted wanted me to to bat. Whereas uh, I always thought, Geez, it'd be nice to be coming in at, uh, you know, four, five or six when the ball's a bit older and the spinners are on and, and whatever. It's, uh, uh, opening the batting is is probably the hardest job in cricket. Um, and I thought I'd, I'd, um, I thought I'd serve my apprenticeship in that and uh, I wanted to bat middle order. But, you know, they, um, the hierarchy said no. So... Um, and of course, yeah. did, did, you did, you, a... did you find that confusing as far as what your role is? Because you know, obviously you talked a little bit earlier on about role players and everyone's got their role to play in a in a shield yeah. uh, sense, but also in any team sport. But yeah, did you feel like you were getting bounced around a little bit and not quite sure of where you actually fitted into the team? No, 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 I wasn't. Whatever. Uh, look, I was. I was uh, not in. Oh, what's the word? I was just no. I was a, sort of a bit confused about my own ability. You know, I didn't, and it was as I said before. It wasn't up to me where I batted. Um, I just went out and tried to contribute. Whereas um, I thought, as Malcolm alluded to before, that uh, uh, he would have loved to see me play. More so against the spinners than I did the, you know, did the, the you know the pacemen of the of the teams. But um, you know, it's it's a hard one. But uh, I just had to bat where I was told, basically. And then, so you got recalled in the, more on the one day side of things. You know, you had success, had a really good year in eighty one, eighty two, and we'll certainly take our time on eighty one, eighty two as a South Australia hey, Shield. We, we've got all night here. As a South Australian Shield nut, we will get to uh, 81-82 in terms of the uh, last game especially. Um, 
and so you ha- had your success there, made a, made a couple of hundreds and came back into the equation of the one-day side, Rick. That's right, yeah. Yeah, um, that year or that season was uh, was one out of the box, really. Um, uh, just for some reason, something evolved in my in my game, if you like, and I became I became um, more aggressive. Um, I started to drive more, you know, and and not just drive, just just hit the ball hard, you know. I used to, even though I was uh, ho- hooking always, I would hook more, I would pull more, cut more, um, but hit the ball hard instead of just uh, caressing. So that was that's that's one thing I. I, I didn't mentally uh, try and do. It just sort of happened in, in the first game and uh, uh, and I, I got away with it. So I, I, I had a really purple patch during that season and uh, uh, I think I ended up uh, topping the averages for Australia that, that season. So, um, yeah, it was a good year and the reason for that, I... I, I tried to become more aggressive. And, yeah, your partnership with Flipper that year was was really successful opening pair and certainly played a huge part of us winning the Shield in the end. It was a light batting with uh, with with 159. <laughs> what five? As we know, well, he calls himself we, that night. We, we've, we've, we've had him he, on. He, we've had him he on. Loves, he loves He that. loves the 159, yes, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, I don't know what's his... Um, Oh, I can't say his email. Over yes, the phone, yeah, no, I? but it does feature one five nine. <laughs> yeah, as we know. but you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, yeah. Flipper and I had a, a had a good uh, rapport that year. It, uh, we both made a, a lot of runs, and I, Hooksy Hooksy always alluded to the fact that the reason why we won the Shield is because we had Flipper and I had um, we had six six. Opening partnerships, six first innings partnerships over a hundred. Now that that is going to win oh, you most huge. games. And we came you know, from but... the clouds, really. We three or four games to go. We was we were sort of no chance, and then we won those couple. And it came down the last game against Victoria. We had to win, win outright. Julian Weiner is absolutely dominating. Played a bloody great innings, actually. And a brilliant piece of fielding by uh, Brian Vincent changed the game on the first day. Ah, yes, yeah, yes, square yes, leg. Yes. Don't worry, I'm, I can quote that game nearly ball by ball if you want, Rick. Um, and and that side of things. And so we went to stumps. They were six for at stumps, uh, where Evil got a couple of wickets. Got Davies out with the new ball just before stumps, and it went to stumps evenly poised. Where at T and after T, it really looked like. Yeah, you know, we were pu- pushing the proverbial right back in it. Knocked him over the next morning, and we sort of dominated the game from there. And that, with yep, you you made runs with Flipper, and everyone contributed. And then the second inning, the second innings, we'll keep testing your memory here, Flip. Uh, where um, uh, Rick, where uh, Green got run out, where it would have been a dead ball. It was quite bizarre. Bit of running between wickets that one. So, and. Hooksy moved himself to the gully on a hunch that there was going to be a catch the next ball, and he caught Sacristani oh, yeah, in the yeah, gully yeah, the, yeah. the next ball. And so we bowled him out, and then you and you and Flip dashed off the ground, off the ground to open. 
And we got him pretty comfortably in the end, uh, where Jeff Crow swept the late John Scholes for four, and that ball landed right next to where I was sitting. Yeah, so, yeah, on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was probably a, yeah, it was probably well a fitting end to the season. Really, you know, oh, it, was it was fantastic. I don't think it was any doubt that. Uh, you know, we were the best team all year, but you still had to get the points on the on the board, didn't you? And uh, as Hooksy said, well, you know, the six opening stands, um, uh, first inning stands was, uh, you know, it's going to help a hell of a lot to uh, to win a shield. And plus the fact we had, you know, we had good backup. When I say backup players, our number three was Jeff Crow and Hooksy was uh, four. Uh, he was five. Hooksy That's going to test Hooksy you. at four, Invers five, Sleepy six, In- Righty yeah. seven, Vincent eight, uh, Evil nine, Sam ten, Sam Parkinson ten, and Malcolm Dolman eleven with Graham Winter as twelfth man. So that's not oh, too bad. Quote in the side off the top of the head. Yes, so, pretty yeah. good depth too. <laughs> no, you would have had me on that one, but uh, yeah, look, uh, and the 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 reason. The reason why, you know, I I think it doesn't matter what sport you play, whether, you know, it's footy, cricket or whatever, uh, the reason why teams win premierships is because everybody, the camaraderie is is strong, is strong. You know, you, you know, particularly in football, you would, you, you know, you'd do anything for your mate next door or, and it's the same with cricket. You, you'd, you'd, uh, you'd, yeah, you'd band together. You well, band together, and that, that's what we did. We uh, uh, we realised that you know, oh, hell, we got to we got to make a partnership here, or, 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 or whatever you do. But uh, um, we just had that camaraderie right through the right through the year. And I don't think I don't think the cha- the team from memory did did change much at all that year, apart from the usual no, one or two. Sta- yeah, it stayed pretty similar. And look. I will always massively appreciate and Malcolm Dolman invited me into the rooms that night. I don't think uh, certain David William Hooks was happy I was in there, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> and I just sat in the corner. I was 18. I sat. Don't worry. I, I grabbed a beer as it got passed around, <laughs> but I just really sat and just watched. And I reckon we left and went to the Grenfell. You, went, you guys all went to the Grenfell Tavern on memory. I reckon yeah. it was getting towards midnight as we left the rooms. Oh. Uh, that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that'd be right. That'd be right. That was... So uh, that's one of my favourite memories as a lunatic South Australian supporter, <laughs> well and truly. <laughs> and isn't that a good memory, though, yeah. of particularly particularly if you're a player and in, in that situation and and have contributed like we all did at some stage throughout the season, just to... Oh, take a deep breath and uh, say, "Well, the season's over. Look what we've done." You know. Oh, uh, oh look! Yeah, and, and then it, look, the, the festivities continued on for weeks. Yeah. You know, which uh, yeah. not not uh, you know not drinking or carrying on, but a lot of the functions were you know black tie, and uh, yeah. everybody wanted a little piece of us, and uh, you know we were happy to celebrate. And you know. Uh, in that in that regard too, Rick, I think in the reflection, you know, which this sort of interview is a, a, a reflection of your career, the fact you played in two winning South Australian Shield sides, there ain't many South Australian players can say that, Rick. Uh, uh, no, no. Look, I was only, I was only, 
<laughs> the cup has been a bit bare yeah. since uh, 96, wasn't yeah. it? So, yes, no, I was uh, – and I, we, I was discussing this with somebody and uh, we, we come up with, with nobody uh, who's who's currently living, if you like, has played yeah. in the 70 uh, – are the well, what was the 75, oh, 76, and 81, 81 82. Two. Well, yeah, um, but another little, yeah. another yeah. little stat to that that you've probably forgotten about that I was a selector in 96 when we yes. last won it. Very good. So Point I've Laura. had, yes. I've had, um, had dealings with uh, with three of them. Uh, so to speak. So uh, that's a good point. Uh, I I admit I had forgotten you were a selector. In Malcolm, I reckon we need to get the Sackers phone number right now and uh, yep, point yep. this man in the direction of their selection for their next <laughs> Shield win, which will be this year, according to Malcolm's Christmas oh, wish last yeah, year. Yeah, Christmas wish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reckon. I reckon a certain Warwick Maxwell's son, Sam Darling, could hopefully be in the equation, keeping at some stage in the future. <laughs> well, uh, I. I certainly that yeah. that would be nice, but yeah. uh, he's got a few uh, hurdles to jump there. Yeah, I unfortunately, I reckon he's getting there though, Rick. I reckon there's been pleasing, steady improvement overall, and uh, certainly his most important innings that game before Christmas. So yeah, there's there's promising signs there from young Sam. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but he's you know he's in the side as a keeper. Whatever he does as a yeah. a batsman is just icing. So, uh, uh, but to um, uh, but to push yourself as a keeper in South Australia these days is is another story. Yeah, yeah, but I reckon his his timing might be all right in the end. So we're just going to have to wait and see. There, you know, another two, three years, three or so years. I reckon his timing might be all right, and hopefully some other things. Yeah, change that's in South true. Australian that's cricket, that, that's yeah. a good point. But yeah. uh, you know, he's well, he's thirty thirty years old at the moment. So, yeah. but look, you know, uh, cricketers. Cricketers uh, years ago was mid twenties before they blossom. Now it's uh, uh, thirty and thirty one, yeah. thirty two. So uh, I admit I didn't uh, realise he was. I thought he was a little bit younger than that, but we can only hope, Rick. I just I've just been yeah. very. I've been very. I reckon I've seen him keep three, four times this year. I'm very impressed. Now look back to the eighty two, eighty three season, and again another serious point. Unfortunately, you got pretty badly hit by John Moose Maguire and suffered oh. bleeding and. That's probably affected everything else since since. Oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That uh, that that finished me. That finished me in a in a in, in a split second. You know, I I uh, well, I was in hospital. They didn't know whether I was going to regain the sight of my eye, and uh, I was in hospital for a week and uh, umpteen plastic surgeries in the eyelid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, you know, I had plenty of time to. Reflect in hospital, and I says, oh, I just said to myself, look, I don't want to be there anymore, um, you know. And of course, I had the the rest of that season out, yeah. out of uh, 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 playing. Um, but the the next season, uh, I was I came back in came back into the side and, and did sort of reasonably well. Uh, but again, I still didn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, and I should have I should have given the game away then, um, uh, but I, I they continued picking me for oh, another two or three years after that when my heart and soul wasn't there, uh, and and of course my 
my ability and my record, if you like, was uh, was tarnished because I played played that extra couple of years. So, but anyhow, um, yeah, that that was scary, and it, it did finish my career from John Maguire. Yeah, and a couple of things. So, probably one thing we did gloss over was your top score, ninety one, in Test in Sydney, uh, Rick as your highest score and also of course the other notable thing in your career was you had the perfect seat down the other end of one of the great innings in history with uh, Hooksy's 100 off 34 balls where yeah. you, you basically just did what the rest of us were doing, watching <laughs> Yes, well the, 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 the 91, I remember Sydney that year and it was horrifically hot test, uh, this time of year I suppose it was because it was a a New Year's Day test, however that used to work, but uh, around this time of year. And uh, uh, I remember I was 60-odd out, 60-odd not out overnight and thought, well, you know, this this is a big chance here. Uh, yeah. uh, I got a, I think I got about another 30 before before lunch the next day and was, was out soon after lunch uh, for 91. So... Uh, um, yeah, it was a bit disappointing, and it was it was just a simple little tuck around the leg glance around the leg off uh, off one of their off spinners and caught by both of them uh, in leg slip. So it was uh, um, disappointing. But again, as we as we said before, I was look. I would have been happier to obviously get a hundred, but at least I contributed. You know, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then so that that, then that, that innings where Hooksy was, you know, exploding, where Graham Yallop didn't declare earlier and you know, went in and was virtually an up you the way he batted. But geez, that that was some incredible hitting that that in, that innings. Oh yeah, yeah, that's um, unbelievable. Um, Hooksy and I opened the bang for. Yeah. Obviously, he was. Uh, yeah, he was pissed off the way hooks he could get, and uh, he said, oh, "I'm going to open the batting with me, and uh, you know, let's go out and give it a bit, give it a nudge." So, I think I faced first ball, got yes. a single. Yep, and it was all um, over. And then you watched yeah. from then on, basically, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> well, f- whenever I got a, a down the down the batting end, uh, and I could see this happening right from the start, all I had to do was was pushed for a single because yeah. it would have been uh, wouldn't wouldn't have been in my best interest to to try and hog the strike and me try and hit fours. Let let Hooksy do it oh. with the mood he was in. Yeah, didn't he put uh, Sean Pornograph and and King was the other bowler and and Rod McCurdy put uh, there was fair. She was good yeah. sitting by the Victor Richardson Gates because we were virtually fielders as well for that inning. So, yeah, <laughs> it was incredible. So Yeah. So then you moved on. As I said, you were involved as a selector since. Um, so where are you at now, Rick, in terms of obviously watching Sam a bit? And, uh, yeah, so invol- involvement otherwise at all or anything? No, no, not not really as... Um yeah, well, twenty odd years ago, I suppose now at, at least that you know I did selecting there for three, four, five years maybe. Uh, since then, I've I've uh, had had nothing nothing really to do with cricket. I play the odd um, 
odd uh, veterans games yep. and things like that or exhibition games, whatever. Um, something that uh, <laughs> I sort of regret the next day. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, these days I'm... I'm probably semi-retired, if you like. I've been semi-retired now for probably 10 years, and probably during that time, that, that sort of prompted me to, to write this book. Yeah. Um, so now I'm uh, even more semi-retired, if that, that can be. Um, I spend a lot of time with, you know, the grandkids and uh, uh, working in the garden and all sorts of yep. stuff. So, But I, I work two days a week for a, a retirement village, um, uh, rest Haven as a gardener and uh, thoroughly enjoy that. And uh, two days a week is just enough to keep some sort of fitness up and, um, and keep my hand in the gardening. Now, mate, uh, we'll get you out of here on this one. It's been a fantastic interview so far, but uh, like we do with most of our guests, we like to ask them their favourite players they played with and hardest opponents. So maybe two or three of each. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, the 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 players I've most most admired. I'll give you two, two with two opening batsmen that I wish I could have uh, emulated: Jeff Boycott and yep. Sonny Gavaska. Yep. Uh, now both them both them weren't attacking or um, flamboyant or you know exciting to watch. But you look at it, the, the end of the day, they're 130 not out. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the way I wish I could have played my game. But I was too, I was too happy in being just contributing. I, I didn't have the big score mentality in me. But that's that's Boycott and Gavaska, probably the most. Uh, uh, or the you mentioned the feared players. Well, you could you could line them up from the from one end of the West Indies to the other. So, uh, um, yeah, probably, probably, probably. Um, I was going to say holding, but I say Roberts is probably the most scariest bowler because he could yeah, he could get that bouncer bouncer, yeah. bouncer to come up just short of a length. Garner, of course. Um, oh, you could. And it was uh, probably not a good era to, to be part of because that was the golden, the golden edge, the golden age of uh, the West Indies cricket, wasn't it? Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, you, in and, some regards, Rick, it's a privilege to have been in that position. You think of oh, just how bloody good they were, yeah. and now, sadly, to watch how bad they are, or are you can at yeah, least go, yeah. "Hey, I played against the greats, the all-time greats," you know. <laughs> And, yeah, yeah, uh, that's I right. That's but look, pretty important. I've you know I've said to a lot of people that uh, look um, over my career, I'm you know I've been happy happy to play with the best and against the best. You know, so uh, uh, that's all I think anybody could ask and uh, and and contribute in most of my career is uh, is quite fulfilling. And that's the best part about. This podcast, we like to get on some past players and reminisce about some of their uh, exploits and and uh, relive some of those great moments. So, mate, thank you very much for joining us. Especially South Australia winning shields. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fellas, thanks very much. Greatly appreciated, Rick. Thank you. Righto. See you, bye. Thank you.
Rick Darling, part two. Absolutely fantastic uh, to have Rick on. And as you mentioned... big injuries. Yeah. It was fascinating where he did admit with the last one to Joe Dawes that he played on after that, but sort of, in some respects, wishes he hadn't, that he wasn't in, Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, fully embossed. And understandable, because how many injuries he did cop and, of course... Yeah, very nearly dying at Adelaide Oval. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, yeah, so. that that part of it was an amazing part of the story. Is that uh, how close oh, <laughs> some players so, come is is very very scary. John Embry to and Max O'Connell virtually to save his life, and that's probably I think because it became it was such unusual someone getting seriously, and it's then took the loss of Philip Hughes to probably to people realise that hang on. Yeah, this could mm-hmm. lucky it doesn't happen more often. So, well, yeah. you think about it; these pools are going down at hundred and yeah. well, fifty clicks in yeah. some cases, or more. Um, there's not a whole lot of reaction time, and I think uh, the classic case was uh, Marsh during the test series got hit in the back of the helmet, yeah. but because of the technology and the way that they've redesigned the helmets, it actually probably helped him. So. Yeah, uh, we thank Rick for his time, and um, as we've said previously, this coming Tuesday... Tuesday uh, Adelaide Lutheran yep. Footy Club from 7 o'clock. Everyone's welcome, so it's, it's corner of South Terrace, West Terrace, basically. Old-style sports night with John Harms uh, from the Footy Almanac. No cost to get in at all. Can't ask for better value than that. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. We'll, and, we'll, and we'll both be there, yeah, so we'll come, there. come say hello. Yep, definitely. Fantastic. All right, mate. Let's, uh, let's take a very, very quick break. When we come back, happy days. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Happy days. Kick off happy days today, mate. One of my favourite players. I have a huge amount of respect for this player. And um, this week, happy birthday to Brody Smith. Recently engaged. Recently too. engaged, yes, yes over yes. the Christmas break. Yep. So congratulations on both parts. Yes. Uh, Adelaide's first selection with the 2010 draft. Smith came to the Crows as a ready-made player from Henley and Woodville West Torrens. Jeez, Woodville West Torrens have produced some very, very good players over the journey, haven't they? Oh, and his mum had very good taste in books for a birthday present for Brody too. So thank, thanks to his mum for that for that one, for a copy of the definitive rule book for him. There you yes. go. Uh, obviously became an All-Australian, earned a 22 under 22 selection in 2014. Uh, however, in 2017, an ACL injury or rupture during the qualifying final Despite his uh, meticulous approach, unfortunately, wasn't able to get up for that, but uh, got back onto the field in, I'd say, record time of around about 317 days, which is pretty good. There's been a few less, but that's certainly around the mark in terms of recovery. And look, he was a huge out. The Crows really missed his length for the kick and the carry, the line. Yep. Yeah, he was in pretty good touch back then, too. I, I think he's been a good player since but I think he was bordering on the elite back then. Absolutely. Talking about elite, he returned to Adelaide's defence in 2023, playing 22 games, averaging 21.2 disposals, five marks, 2.3 tackles. But while being rated elite along the competition, he was on averaging 520.1 metres per game, which is fantastic. It's his length of leg. That's the thing. He's got an unusual kicking style. He really punches it. It's almost like a... 
a soccer corner kick and that. Um, but, yeah, he's a lovely long leg. Look, he's, oh. he's an important player. I love watching him when he's about 55 out because yeah. he's always going to have a he's ping have a and ping. he's usually pretty good too. Yeah. Hence the reason why I've got a lot of respect for him. So happy birthday to Brody Smith this week. All right, we move on to cricket 1960. Sir yeah. Garfield Sobers and Frank Worrell. Sir Frank Worrell as well. Yes, uh, complete 399 stand for the fourth wicket against England. Yeah, two absolute champions. Let's also remember Frank Worrell's part in re- the resurrection of cricket effectively of the 60-61 series here against uh, with Richie Beno and mm-hmm. the two of them. You know, the tied test in thing and then the the Lindsay Klein and Slasher Mackay holding on for the draw here. Yep. It's one of the all time great series in cricket and they had a ticker tape parade for the West Indies leaving Australia. Now you just think of that. That is quite extraordinary. That is extraordinary. Um, you know, in Melbourne and you know, I said there was you know, hundred odd thousand lying in the streets thanking a visiting team for what they'd done for the game of cricket is it's, I don't think it's ever happened before and it certainly won't, won't happen again. I don't think it will happen again. No. Uh, we certainly need, as far as cricket goes, a little bit of a change of thought at the moment yeah. and we certainly need someone or a team to come in and sort of save where the direction's going at the moment and we've talked about it at length, obviously. Yeah, with the way officials the, with their attitude. Yeah, yeah, where the structure just needs to be tweaked a little bit to work for everybody. All right, we move on to tennis, mate. Obviously very topical over the next couple of weeks, but um, last night I was watching the McEnroe documentary, I suppose yep. it was. Um, but uh, this player obviously figured prominently during McEnroe's uh, autobiography or, or show. Yep. Bjorn Borg of Sweden wins his first of two season-ending ATP to a Masters Grand Prix tennis titles, outclassing American Vitas Gerolitis 6262 in Madison Square Gardens in 1980. Oh, I love watching Bjorn Borg. Uh, one of the all-time greats. He's, he's up there on the on your saying, the Mount Rushmore. Yep. He's, he's there. You forget that he retired at 25 yeah. or 26 effectively. Yeah. Uh, McEnroe talks about how it drove him to be a better player and he really missed yeah. his mates, really, yeah. at the end of the day. They became mates. Yeah. Um, and just I think McEnroe loved being challenged. Yes, absolutely. And then obviously Gerolitis passing away uh, uh, in unfortunate circumstances there, I think really knocked the yeah. tennis world around for a yeah. little while there. But Bjorn Borg obviously talking about more to life than tennis, and I think that's very, very important. And I think we're seeing that a bit more these days with players. And maybe he was a bit of ahead of his time. Yeah, because nowadays there's no way in the world a player retires at that <laughs> age as a male. Yes, um, female you could understand a little bit more. Decide to have children, whatever. But a male, yeah, yep, unbelievable. All right, mate. We move on. 1967 boxing. Louisville, Kentucky draft board refuses an exemption for a boxer. Any guesses as to which boxer that might be? The great man, yeah. Muhammad Ali. As I've said, I, it's still one of my all-time favourite moments, being lucky enough to be at the G for the Muhammad Ali entrance to the G. Mm-hmm. It's still... Lap of know, honour. The atmosphere with yep. that lap of honour was extraordinary. Absolutely. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we all know how that one ended up. Uh, and to finish us off in 2009, uh, soccer slash football for our uh, football listeners... Cristiano Ronaldo awarded the 2008 FIFA World Player of the Year for the first time at a ceremony in Zurich. He probably hasn't painted himself in glory a couple of times since, though. He's 
he's managed to personally himself destroy what should have been an absolute legacy and remembered yep. as an all-time great. Yep. But I think we're remembering a – yeah, geez, he's a good player, but geez, he was a spoilt little brat and deserved a decent punch in the nose, would have done him the world of good sort of thing. There'd be some players that would yeah. – some people would say that about McEnroe at the time yeah. as well. So, look, uh, sport is going to be littered with these with these players yeah. and in our extra time big finish we've got one of those players coming up. So let's yep. scoot into it right now. Extra time. Short, sharp and shiny, extra time big finish today, mate. Uh, the Adelaide Giants continue to impress with uh, series wins against Canberra and trying to win this week against the Sydney Blue Sox. Yeah, a bit disappointing losing that fourth game against Canberra where that would have just about tied up first place. It's still now up for grabs um, this weekend. A win last night. Yes. We're winning 4-0 last night against Sydney. So hopefully, I think we need to win two more. Yep. Two more would probably do it. Sounds so, about right. But uh, yeah. certainly Adelaide, the team to beat at the moment. At but, least it's in their own hands. But bring on the finals. Yeah. Adelaide well-placed and really need to go on with it. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great? It took them 43 years to, to win one and uh, it's only taken them another one to go back-to-back. So We can only hope. I am looking forward to getting down and watching some of the finals yep. down at West Beach. All right, mate, uh, we move on to the NFL. New England Patriots part ways with legendary coach Bill Belichick after 24 years. That seems to be the mail at the moment. I, I, I'm i still trying to work out yeah. how official it is, but it looks like that's the way it's going to go. It's just a little bit hard to follow, though. You're sort of reading, and you're... Far better knowledge than me, but well, I've picked up a couple of things and going, well, has he or hasn't he? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he's yeah. relinquished one role, but he's going to stay yeah. on in another role. Yeah. And But it looks like it's going to it's gonna end up that yeah. Belichick is going to depart. He leaves an impressive legacy at the New England Patriots with an impressive six Super Bowl wins with the team. His departure is partly because of one of the worst finishes since 1992. Yeah, it's... It's a sad way yeah. to finish up a little bit, but it's still a great career. <laughs> you just can't go any yeah. go any better than that. All right, mate. And to finish us off uh, with some general news, Sam Curtin missed the Olympic qualifiers due to an ACL injury. Yeah, you don't think she'll be back for the Olympics uh, with that. Yep. So it's a it's a disappointment, obviously for Sam, huge loss, and we just wish her all the best with it now because you know it is basically a year injury, a bit disappointing. You know, that lay, the, the alternative surgery there for a while really hasn't kicked on yep. the laser and that. So it's generally now a year out. I mean, look yeah. at her during the uh, matches here in Australia. Looked labouring at times. They were using her in a pinch hitting role. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Something wasn't quite right and something's had to give. And no, on this occasion, calf at that stage. I don't think that's... No, no, it had nothing yeah, to do with the knee, but I'm just saying yeah. injury has just yeah, started to start, catch up yeah. with her a little bit. And this one's probably the icing on the cake, yeah. so to speak. And... Yeah, it's not um, not what she uh, what she wanted. Like you said, yeah, a year out of the game. I don't think it's going to hurt her, but I think it's going to be one of those things that uh, it's going to take a little while for her to get over. And like we said, talking about brats, super brats. Yeah. Nick Kyrgios obviously ruled himself out of the uh, Australian Open or the first Grand Slam of the year due to injury. A little bit disappointed with you that. You wonder if from- you'll see him again too. Yeah. Yeah, let's be honest. His heart's not in tennis. It's not not like at the he, moment. It's not like he's desperate to compete. He never really has been. He's not a tennis head. No, he's not a sports head. So look, yeah, I admit I, 
I'm not a huge curious. You're not fan, a fan. So. No, no, that's cool. Yeah. But from an entertainment entertainment yeah, look, yeah, point yeah, of yeah, view, look, certainly uh, someone to watch, and we hope uh, that he gets back on the court and gets himself right and the, takes the time that he needs. I mean, it's not going to be the first player that's walked away and then come back, but whether he comes back and then comes back for the right reasons. That's something we've got to look at. All right, mate, let's finish off with the good, the bad, the ugly for the week, mate. Oh, I think good? you've got to go the pink test. You know, it, it is fantastic how it unites, uh, you know, Sydney. It does add another dimension. I'd love to have every test match for a cause. You know, I brought that up on Saturday morning on Double A. What, you know, whether the one punch for Sam, Sammy D Foundation yep. where because of Hooksy, you wonder. Mm-hmm. So it'd be... Throw and open the markets, but just Sydney, it does add another dimension. Oh, look, I've you know, I know their goal, and their goal was the 322,000, the um, perpetual, um, uh, the yeah, the seating, the yeah, pink, the pink seating, seating, and that sort of thing. I, I did find that a little bit, uh, a uh, touch of ironry that they reached that 322nd. Thousand seat of the aim. The last minute, Glenn McGrath was on the air. Yep. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that with a grain of salt, but hey, it's still a great result. Absolutely, and any uh, cause that is going to raise money for for something that needs to be um, researched and fixed and I'll, and a cure would be fantastic. The the most emotional moment for me of the Sydney Test, they had Travis uh, Head's auntie, who is a breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And that and that's when Travis got Bubba out that he ran. That was to his auntie. That was right. the motion to his auntie. And yeah, I oh, don't worry. The the waterworks got a decent walkout when when that was on TV in the yep. in the tea break. Yep. And that's, so, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you bad for the week, mate? Uh, bad slash ugly. Look, I, I still think. Well, you've got the Joel Smith. We still wander there. Just they still. You want to hear the good stories in sport, and not the. We're not mm, concentrated on the bad stories. stories so to speak. You know him, yep. Oliver with Melbourne. And, you know, you just you just wonder a bit. Oh look, okay, bit of personal bit. The good news for me was Jake Weatherall last night. Yep. You know, some some Jake's a person who I value highly, and as we said, I think he was unique in the interview that he probably gave the best answer I've ever heard anyone give about mental health, mm-hmm. and. That he was wasn't afraid to share that I think was great. Yep. And so, for me, that was the the other good bit. The, the highlight out of yep. last night. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, my good for the week is probably Alex Diminar at the moment on yep. a little bit of a roll, and good to see him break into the top ten. Uh, we didn't quite mention that a little bit earlier, but I'll mention it now. Yep. He's broken into the top ten for the first time since I think Leighton Hewitt. So. Yeah. Um, that is good for Australian tennis. Yes, he does have a little bit of a tough um, opening round to the Australian Open, but I did hear him talk the other night, and he's in the right frame of mind at the moment that I think he thinks he can go out there and beat anybody on his day. So that is my good for the week. Uh, my bad for the week has probably been the hysteria around Davy Davy Warner. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah, shot. I'm going to get I'm going to get shot down for this a little bit. Uh, um, obviously. He had a great career, fantastic. But yes, the cap for me. The cap was meh. It just there was something not it quite was right. Smelly. There. Yeah, there's something not quite right there with that. Uh, where it went, who had it, whether it was Qantas or not, or whether it was yeah. misplaced in a bag, whether he had a boy look, as some of us yeah. f- female uh, companions let us yeah. know about it from time to time. 
Um, so, yes, and my ugly for the week is a bit like you, mate. The uh, Melbourne saga, it just seems to be rolling on at the moment. And like I said, I think we're concentrating on the wrong it, things. I think if Warner had come out and gone, geez, I stuffed up on that. I didn't look properly. I panicked. Yep. Yep, completely my stuff up. We'd wear it. But, no, he, he threw the, can, uh, the Qantas workers under the bus. Yep. Then it appears, and it, there's still mystery about that. Instead of just coming out... I think Australians are good if you admit you've made a mistake. Yep. But, geez, we get pissed off when you haven't got the guts to admit you've made a mistake. That's probably the way to put it. Fair call. All right, mate, huge episode today. Um, Absolutely fantastic again to have Rick on the podcast. And um, like as per usual, mate, we promise to do better next week. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.